0: Does anyone recognize that? In the, the years 2013-2014, our Sunday mornings were spent and other parts of the chapel's uh, activities and studies were surrounding this uh, theme, the story of the Bible. Ted's coming to attack me, i do not sure. Thank you, brother. As we move through this, I was recording some of the testimonials that... Uh, I heard from people about this the story. Uh, One said how much he appreciated the time spent in the Old Testament and looking at the big picture of God working throughout uh, that history with his people um, during the Old Testament period. Another said how much the New Testament comes to life through a better understanding of the old. Another said how much of a challenge looking at the upper story or in other words, looking at the lives and teachings and, uh, and the events from God's perspective. And that was one of the big parts of our appreciation of that study. We learned about God's relentless pursuit for his people who would acknowledge him, trust him, and be his. Uh, these testimonials came from people both in our Bible study and other comments I picked up through the time that we spent uh, during those 30 uh, 30 weeks. I appreciated the timeliness uh, of this this series as well from the perspective of my wife and I who were at that time contemplating retirement and during that time it happened and we were just marveling at the way God providentially was working through our story and as we looked back we could see the evidence of his hands in our lives at each step and each turn. And we uh we also appreciated, I think, uh, his purpose among the nations, uh, uh, how the uh, uh, the nations who rejected him, how he continues to deal with them, very difficult sometimes to interpret and understand, but his sovereignty that is still at work today and the way that he has worked throughout all of history, seeking to win a people for himself as his primary, primary goal as we went through all of the miracles and all of the signs of god 's working in the in the lives of people, we see uh, just a story that is uh, is a challenge to belief but in another way demands it because of the magnificence of that story the uh, It was our daughter who uh, had pointed out that their church was doing this uh this series on the story and uh, drove us to take a deeper look at it and uh, The elders got together and uh, agreed that it would be a good thing to do. And again, this summer, our daughter said that they're doing the sequel to the story, the story part two. Uh, And we said, oh, what's that? And it's entitled Believe. And so we started to gather together what this series would be like for us. And uh, with the prayer of the elders and many who were uh, informed about it, uh, helped to decide that we uh, we should look at this uh series believe the story as it's uh, as it's called it's uh, it's a those were the index of the uh, of the previous uh, study we did and as dave has pointed out the believe series is living the story of the bible to become like jesus and you'll notice that's not just any ordinary key uh, that key has embedded in it the cross and the, the foundation of our belief centers on the fact that Jesus died on a cross and uh, provided salvation for us. More of that in a few minutes. But that is uh, also what the writer of this series is using as a key theme to uh, to look at the things that are key in Scripture and the key things that we need to listen to uh, and practice in our in our lives. So the series is about Thinking, acting, and being more like Jesus. Three questions are asked in the three sections of the book, which I'll talk about again shortly. First question is, what do I believe? And you'll see that believe in this context in, in what we're working with is not just understanding the facts, but believing in the sense of entrusting ourselves to them and what God wants to do through them as he writes them in our minds and hearts, as we were looking at in communion. The second is, what am I to do? And then the third part is, uh, who am I to become? And we'll be introducing each of those in a few moments. Let's just uh, bow for a, a moment of prayer. Father, as we look comprehensively at what's before us this morning, we pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us through your word Guide us into the truth that you would have us know and introduce us to these themes in such a way that they are uh, generate an encouragement and excitement in our lives uh, to um, commit to the things that you have for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that uh, professional management consultants do when they start working inside a company uh, to help it with their performance or whatever the purposes are uh, to start with some diagnostic tools one of the th- tools is a thoroughly thought out questionnaire that everyone fills out the answers from the questionnaire then are summarized by uh, group and company levels and then those results are compared to other people in like industries or like uh, like efforts uh, they're also compared against the the best of practices, if you like, and uh, compared uh, based on the company's goals, their mission statements, their values, and what they're trying to trying to do. One of the next things the disciple, uh, one of the, 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 the consultants, not disciple, the consultants do in this example is uh, perform a day in the life of, and the consultants will come around and uh, see how you are actually working, how you're thinking, in your own workplace and record that over the period of a day or a week or whatever to observe how the people within the company are really, really working. The origins of this series had, had similar beginnings where a, a group of Christian pastors got together with some experts to, uh, to provide a di- diagnostic that people could use individually and collectively to see how their lives conform. To Christ. And we have, we have that with us as part of the resource materials and we'll talk about that a little later. We're not giving you an exam. We're not filling this out. It's all voluntary on your part if you want to use it. But that's how the, the series started. And then it grew into, okay, we have the results. What do we do with them? And what does our church need to, to pursue this goal together of, uh, of being like Christ? Randy Frazee is the main editor of the materials, and uh, uh, we appreciate what he has done in this regard of helping us to recognize that one of the uh, highest goals possible for our lives is to be like Jesus. If he were recording his walk in our life this day, what would he find in our lives? as he performed a day in the life of, or a week in your life, What you are on the outside, we know is not what we are like in our day-to-day practice. And it is that that we want to be looking at in all aspects of our life, in all aspects of our life, how do we conform uh, to the image of Christ. One of the highlights of the travels associated with my, uh, my business trips was to visit in India the Taj Mahal. Around this magnificent site, there were, of course, a myriad of artisans who were trying to sell their wares, as tourists are subject to wherever they go. One was a sculptor who was sculpting candlesticks from a white stone that looks like the material of the Taj Mahal. And with my design and manufacturing interests, I asked him, well, what design are you following? What pattern are you following? He said, no, sir. I just carve away everything that doesn't look like the minarets in the Taj Mahal. That's kind of what's before us in this uh, 30 weeks ahead, is to look at the model who is Christ and strip away all of the things that don't conform to that purpose he's given us for our life and be like him uh, during and at the end of our uh, study together. I have a... uh, cheap version it doesn't look like the like the minarets it's a candlestick but that also has imagery for me personally when I think of the image of Christ who we are trying to conform to is to look at the light that he provides to us as our exemplar of the things he wants us to be you can take a look at it later if you're interested in something that came uh, came from the Taj Mahal what do you have as your goal Your primary goal for your life. We're Christian people, most of us here, I think, and we gather together. Yes, yes, this is our goal. But what is it really that you have on your fridge or over your desk or, more importantly, over your mind and heart as you set out each day? We all have careers, we all, or some of us did have. (laughs) We all, we all have things that we're doing this day. And most of them are good. I would pray for us all. But our challenge is to look carefully at how all of these things in our life molds and aligns with that particular goal. And I'm challenged by this, and uh, we all are as we do this diagnostic on ourselves as we move through this. From Scripture, first of all, this goal is what comes to us. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness, conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. First Corinthians chapter 15, as was the earthly man, Adam, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the man from heaven, namely Christ in the context, so also those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the capital M man, Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I submit to you that throughout Scripture, we, we must conclude that this is the goal of every Christian, the overarching goal to which all other goals we have ought to align. If you, uh, you may not agree with that. You may not be quite prepared to accept that. But I'm going to argue for it throughout this message to leave us with uh, hopefully with that conclusion that all of us will take during this 30 weeks this goal as our own Uh, For that uh, for that time. It's because the scriptures teach it. It's because of the tremendously high stakes that are are attached to how we take on a goal for our lives. If we don't do that, our lives may shatter. It may fall apart. It may not just bring not bring glory to God. It may not bring glory to ourselves as we fall away from uh, putting other things in the place of the Lord Jesus Christ as the prime and the preeminent place in our lives <clears throat> there are, as, as David pointed out, there are three parts of this uh, of this study that 's before us. The study is laid out a couple of ways in resource materials that the church has purchased and will continue to do so in, in the in the ways i 'll describe a little later when i 'm talking about the book and providing an index, Randy, like he did in the story, put together a, another textbook called uh, uh, believe. And in that book, he has three sections. Three sections are uh, think, act, and be. And in each of those three sections, there happens to be 10 key things that he has pulled out to address that we'll be looking at uh, week by week. This morning, I just want to briefly touch on the challenge that each of those speakers will have uh, for each of these topic areas. What do I believe? Luke chapter 6, the key verse that I've pulled from scripture, is uh, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn brushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Notice that I didn't just pull out a verse that talks about intellectual thought behind this is our thought the things that we sang about the things that are facts in scripture but what's important to god is that those are not only written in our in our minds but also in our hearts and that's what the, the word know means in scripture it means not just an intellectual knowledge but it means a commitment knowledge we know it it's a part of us it's our life and it's who we are in our, in our mind, and 12 inches away in those days, the heart. Uh, that's biblical language about our, the seat of our emotions, the theta, seat of our, our attitudes and our values, our mind being where we collect the, the, the practical uh, thinking parts. And we won't go through the metaphysics because I'm already lost. So for the first one in green, the part is think Let's look at a few verses there, similar to the first one. Matthew 11, the invitation from Christ. Take my yoke upon you and learn these facts. Right? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, says the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, Paul in a a very familiar chapter to us, verse 5, says, Your attitude. Your thinking and the outworking of your thinking, which drives behavior, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. I I was thinking about this. Did my behavior all last week conform to the way Jesus would have handled uh, all of these things? Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14, uh, Paul exhorts us, Rather, Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this goal just keeps coming again and again. And in our thinking, he wants us to think like Jesus, like himself. Remember in the Gospels how many times he said, And what do you think, Peter? And what do you think, uh, Pharisees? What do you think? What's at stake in our thinking is that is what drives our behaviors. If we think wrongly, we're going to behave wrongly. Out of the heart, of a, out of a good heart, flows good things, we read at the beginning. So those dynamics are extremely important to, our, to the goal that's before us. If we think are right, if we have accepted the right facts, and if we've internalized them properly, then good things will flow uh, from that individually and collectively. While I was going through this, I was looking for some mentors, and I had some help uh, from from uh, uh, Peggy. Sorry, I'm stumbling here. Uh, But um, the uh, just excuse me, I just lost my part. Uh, I was looking for some mentors that could assist us in, in, uh, or that have assisted me, and I pray will assist you as you think about these and go through them. In the textbook, there are stories and examples from the scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament that explain what uh, what Randy is trying to have us focus on biblically in each of these areas. For my purposes, I got a little selfish and just wanted to share with you a bit of testimonial things that have occurred in our lives and have had significant impact on our believing. When I was preparing to go to university the first time, I failed out, I had to go again, uh, we... we uh, My brother and I, as the we here, we were asked by a friend of ours, actually Linda's first cousin, who was a man and he was married to his wife's name Linda, who were just tremendously influential in my life. They invited Terry and I, my brother, older brother Terry and I, to live with them for the first two years of university while he was working on his Masters of Science degree. And he was working in, uh, Cancer research uh, he spent his days uh, needling mice to see how they behave under different uh, remedy uh, applications and was is just was just a tremendously brilliant guy and had and he was a, a fully committed uh, Christian every night when we would come home from school we'd, uh, Linda would prepare dinner most of the times it was her we would prepare dinner and part of our Dinner Together was a discussion of what we learned that day, and he could help us with our calculus, and uh, uh, we would ask him about his work. But inevitably it became a a theological, biblical, spiritual discussion, uh, helping a young person like me and my brother to wrestle with the things we were hearing at work, learning at school, learning from others and uh, that we were challenged by. And he sat down every night with us. We had the Bibles open, and he would go through it with us to say, okay, just a minute, though. Look at this, look at that. Uh, he was a teacher by profession before he went back into science research. Uh, he, was a, he was a Bible student of uh, uh, unbelievable dedication and discipline. And when we talk about this next part, act, this is what, what the, the, the book is getting at, is what are our Christian disciplines that drive us to be the right kind of people and do the right things? It's not just about doing good works, it's about how does our believing in God flow out of our lives into the things that we ought to do and inside what we ought to be in the context of those doings. He was uh, learning Greek and Hebrew in his spare time, in addition to his full-time job of uh, being a student. Together, they had set their eyes on the mission field in Quebec and were working on French together and preparing their lives to go to uh, Quebec City and served the Lord there once he was finished she was a magnificent lady who uh, who was a nurse and was also studying uh, graduate uh, studies in nursing but uh, had a heart of the Lord as she w- e- many nights of the week would bring home somebody that she'd be working with during the day and bring them to dinner and I was a little bit uh, these Harley well I shouldn't use the term Harley but criminal people on on remediation would she would bring them home and we would talk to them, and uh, just just a uh, real influence in our lives. Here are some of the things uh, I learned from them later on, Peg and I got to know them very well when they came to family camp and 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 he served as the teacher and you would often find Linda counseling and sharing with people. just a wonderful couple. He was reading from the scriptures, and I was uh, saying i don 't know what." Uh, what version he is working with and many, many years ago that that was there weren't quite as many open to everybody. I went up to him after I said, uh, John, is uh, that the New American Standard? But it didn't sound like it. He very <laughs> sheepishly and humbly showed me his Bible and it was Greek. So as he was reading the Greek Bible he was translating it as he read and that, that's, that's John. Here are some of the things we learned that I think are relevant to it. First of all, truth is all-encompassing. Science is the discovery what God created and, and is sustaining, and is a subset of His truth if our discoveries are true. And we went through different fields, not just His uh, His science and work, but psychology, sociology with Linda, and drove drove through the the science and, and uh, fundamental facts of many different degrees of understanding. Believing is to be grounded in God's Word, and John. On his desk, overarching his desk would be his study plan for the week. And his disciplines were a little bit scary, actually. But uh, this is his beliefs and his life was founded in God's word. Believing is predominantly present tense for all believers. And I wish I could go through that with this. We don't have time. But as you read the scriptures, believing is present tense. Believing is in part a past tense when we first believe for salvation but continues as a present tense for our lives. It's to be ours each and every day, this goal and this believing uh, that uh, we are to have. For him, and what he was trying to instill in us, is that believing is all in. And that means many many things to me at the time. But one example is, we'd be lugging our big textbooks around, and we didn't have CDs in those days, but you'd have an arm boatload of uh, a Big, thick textbooks to carry every day, and on the top of his, what's his Bible? We must go on. Uh, John, incidentally, you can pray for them. Help me, Linda. He has Alzheimer's. That's a picture of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm showing here the index of uh, what what do I believe. Each of the speakers will take one of those a week, and to have some sympathy with them, chapter one is the systematic theology introductory course for seminary or Bible college. Ted, I don't know what, what, uh, how, how much time. At least, probably the first year, you would have a one-on-one course on that topic alone. And I have several versions of systematic theology at home that I refer to and have studied. And some, some of them, the one from Dallas Theological Seminary is a suite of books like this. So good luck. Good, good luck. Uh, I pray the Lord be with you as you prepare these these talks as we go through them. So that's where we can tailor what we're learning from the the fundamentals. To our own needs here in the chapel and the various speakers will be doing that and uh, we look forward to that uh, that collection of topics within these topics you'll see the theme of which ones are key and, and we need to understand which ones what key means here we see the key with the cross and everything is to revolve around the things that are commonly believed as the major topics of Christianity it's not to limit the study of other things that are true in Scripture. uh, we we are trying to focus on the fundamentals and the the breadth and depth of each fundamental will be sufficient for us to take care of. But if we've missed something and we're calling them key, don't be misunderstood. We're following the whole breadth of scripture as we go and we're committed to the whole of God's word. So we're just trying to isolate out some, and that's what he says to Randy as he prepared these. The second one, the key verse is 1 Corinthians 9. And uh, I won't read it all for the sake of time, but we are familiar with that concept that is described there. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do, not, we do, it, to, they do it to get a crown that will not last, the other guys. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. The stakes are high. We, we are committed to something that has eternal value, not just value for this life. It is a value for this life, but it's also uh, an eternal value attached uh, to what's being done here. I love this illustration. I won't go through it in as much detail as is written, but there's a uh, back in the Olympics, uh, one of the Olympics passed, There was a runner who was all set for the race, and he he had a hamstring happen to him about a hundred meters from the finish line. And in his testimonial about it, in his, his recount of the story, he says I. I felt that someone was beside me and I didn't know who it was that was helping me to get to the end. And that's our story, isn't it? We have beside us our invisible Heavenly Father who is, in spite of the difficulties, the obstacles, the, the tragedies, the difficult periods in our lives, God, the Father, is with us, bringing us through to the finish line is the, is the vision here. Under the green some important scriptures: John six. What must, we do, what must we do to do the works God requires? They're thinking of doing good works. He says, "Believe in me, who has been sent from the Father." Romans chapter twelve and verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view—can you hear me now? In view of the God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, so as we go through this part of the series, acting has to do with uh, uh, with your the disciplines of your Christian life. The mentor i pulled we pulled out was when I went back to school the second time with this time with my wife. Uh, we went to the University of Western Ontario and we attended a church where Bill McRae was our uh, was our main speaker, pastor of the church and his wife Marilyn, and they just opened up their lives to us at this decision-making time of our lives. We just had a young baby, uh, Jennifer, and uh, all, all of these things, and I'll get lost in that pretty quickly. But uh, they were a tremendous influence on our lives. Bill was, uh, taught us many, many things. He was the weekly speaker, and I still listen to his tapes whenever I can hear him. And he was uh, an expert on all of these topics of what should I do. Not do in the sense of good works. He did good works. But what should I, what are the disciplines of the Christian life and how do they flow in terms of my priorities in life? He's written a book, for example, on chapter 17, Spiritual Gifts. And he helped me a lot with, maybe you don't think so, but I went to see him about the various spiritual gifts. Peg and I have met in their home with their families. And he, uh, they were a tremendous uh, life mentor for people. We went to a marriage course and, and just so many things we, uh, we learned for them as mentors. The third part of the series is about who am I to become? Who am I becoming? I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The pictures in the graphic are landing, Peg and I landing from an airplane into the city of Kalama in the middle of the driest desert in the world, the Atacama Desert. And looking down from the sky, and I found a picture that wasn't one of mine, but uh, looking at what is growing in the middle of this desert uh, as grapes. And that was a powerful symbol for me as I saw it, and has remained so, when Jesus said, I am the true vine. In the middle of the deserts of our lives, we can turn to Jesus and have him growing. His purposes, his fruit, not so much fruits, but his fruit, in our lives, and uh, just a powerful uh, artistic impact on my life. I looked around for some mentors. I asked Peg, who would we talk about Sunday about a mentor like in the first two examples? And I kept coming back, going through the people who who are full of joy, or individually they're full of faith, or individually they're full of love, and individually they're full of uh, long-suffering. But you know, I thought, you know what, I... I can't really think of one that is exactly like Christ and that shouldn't be a surprise. The mentor I would put forward for this section is the Lord himself, indeed the other sections as well. But the Lord Jesus, he is the true vine. He is the one we are to attach ourselves to. And the result of our being attached to him, uh, and as Randy picks out for the third section, is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Is that what characterizes our speaking, our thinking, our attitudes, our values each and every day? Does what other people see constitute this fruit checklist of Galatians 5 and 22? Of course, we're all going to say we have some weak points as we look at them all. We'll say we failed in this one that I thought I was good at last week. But what we're trying to work on together is our inventory of the Spirit of God working in our minds and hearts to deliver in our lives the image of Christ. We don't do it alone. The Lord is our empowerer. And uh, I've also drawn some lines here, and I won't take time to talk about them, but the lines are how it works, and we'll learn more about that as we go. We've, we've covered one of them only. As we think rightly, we will act rightly. Or at least we must thinking rightly to even have a chance at acting rightly and so on but we don't have time to cover that in the center of that second peter one and three his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness god is at the center of all of those dynamics and we must keep that in mind as we study these things and as we go who am i becoming i am to become like christ I know I'm over time. Three three quick points. There are resources available. I won't describe them now, but they are available to the speakers. I have been communicating with them. There's a package at Harmony House. We are going to provide to the, the assembly is going to provide to the Bible studies who want to follow along in their studies, uh, the study guide to the topics with a CD that describes from Randy what his intentions and his exhortation is for the particular chapter, much like we did in the story, and so if you're looking for materials, uh, you can get them at Harmony House, and we will certainly cover the ones for the uh, uh, for the Bible studies. The, the books themselves are quite expensive. I don't think you have to feel you have to buy the the uh, the Believe textbook. If you buy if you buy the study guide, it'll take you 90 percent of the way there. Um, let me close with uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for being with us during this hour. We thank you for your word and its uh, its truth and its claims upon our lives. And we thank you that it is not a burden to take upon our lives this goal, but it is the kind of goal that you would would want for us, and you did all that work so that we might have it uh, through faith. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for the blessings of the spiritual life in Christ. And we pray that we would grow together, helping one another uh, to be more like Christ as we live each day in his name and to his glory, we pray. Amen.